I'm Caitlin. I'm Rachel. I'm Emmy. So it's fellowship time. That's the rumor. There's a fellowship, and there's a ring. Some elves are getting up to stuff, and I guess a few hobbits. I, li- I like hobbits. <laughs> I've always felt actually a good kinship with hobbits, because they eat and they drink. And sends him on a quest. Gandalf super doesn't really want Frodo to get out of the house. Suck it, Gandalf. Pipeweed? Pull up an armchair, grab a pipe and a pint from the green dragon. So you want to read Tolkien? Reading The Fellowship of the Ring. Here we are. Chapter 6. The Old Forest. The most it's riveting old. of all the chapters it's old, it's a forest. <laughs> we've done so far. <laughs> You'll never guess what our characters do. They walk. They do. Shall we just uh, jump? Yeah. Jump it in. Jump. Yep. Yep. We'll go at it. Okay. Um, characters. Uh, there are four hobbits that, I mean, they're literally going somewhere in the story. These four aren't going anywhere. It's Frodo, Sam, Merry, and Pippin walking together. Uh, walk, walk, among walk. these, <laughs> so much walking. Merry is the one who, having grown up right along the edge of the forest, has actually explored the forest before. So he's kind of the de facto leader here. Um, we say farewell to Fatty Bolger, who stays back with the house. Probably gets the better end of the deal. We have a tree character. Uh, Old Man Willow <laughs> is just a real asshole of a tree. <laughs> we meet Tom Bombadil. Who is he? We don't really know. There are lots of theories out there, so please share your favorite theories with us. We'll talk more about them next chapter. Um... And then we also get a mention of Tom's wife, Goldberry, who is also known as the River Woman's daughter. Still mysterious, not as mysterious as Tom. Fair enough. So uh, a short blurb about this chapter is fairly simple. The hobbits are herded through the old forest until they cross the path, quite literally, of a mysterious gentleman. And that's it. That's all that happens. It's literally it. It's a very short chapter. Um... But let's get into the the longer summary here. So Frodo awakens uh, quite suddenly from his dream that we talked about quite a bit last time. Um, Mary is waking him up because it is 4.30 a.m. and time to go. Fuck that. (laughs) I love the commentary where it's like, uh, even Pippin's awake. So that's how you know you got to get your ass out of bed. Yeah. If I were Fatty Bulger in this, who they, they wake up just to make him see them off. I would be so pissed. I mean, at least he gets to go back to bed. I guess. But they make him, like, get up and get dressed and go with them to the edge. I'd be like, no, no, I'll I'll say goodbye at the door. I'll say bye from my bed. Yeah. (laughs) Toodles. Don't don't die. He's probably a better friend than we are, though. Yeah, that's Maybe that's what we're supposed to imply here. (laughs) (laughs) Dedication to Frodo. I I will also, Fatty only says goodbye to Frodo and good luck to Frodo. Uh, So then they cross over into the woods and there's like an actual gate that they go through that marks the border of the Shire and they shut it behind them uh, as they leave. And it's it's very symbolic. I love that. I mean, like, where did Mary get this key? Is it just because he's, (laughs) you know, do Brandy Bucks just all have a key to this? Did he filch it off of someone? Do they just regularly walk through this gate? Are the Brandy Bucks in charge of maintaining this gate? This gate that is feasibly attached to some kind of boundary fence? 
What would that even look like? I mean, Mary is a pretty high up Brandy Mm -hmm. Buck. So it's possible that he just has his own key. In which case, are the other Brandy Bucks going to be pissed that he quite literally walked off with it to the other side of the There might be more than one. Isn't coming back. I hope there's more than one, but... Deep thoughts. Who knows, really? Yeah. Um, But Mary Mary leads them all into the forest and sort of gives us a bit of a history of the forest and that the trees do move and have sort of a threatening presence. And in fact, there was one time where they like came up right against the hedge and attacked. I, I I don't understand how, but like the hobbits invaded afterwards and made a big bonfire. And it is to that bonfire clearing that the hobbits are now headed. And obviously, ever since then, there's been some animosity between the hobbits and the forest. I don't I don't understand how trees attack. Like, just don't go in there. Done. But whatever. It was a thing. Yeah. I don't know if they just advanced so close that they were like, you're gonna eat our homes next? Maybe. Or... Maybe this is when they put up the fence. Yeah. Either that or, you know, the trees started dropping limbs on hobbit heads. But then just don't walk there. Like, trees can only reach so far, especially if there (laughs) is a fence. I don't see why the hobbits felt the need to invade and burn them down. But whatever. Yep. So they start making for that clearing, and uh, the trees sort of start to loom in on them, and the branches get in their way, and Pippin sort of has has a moment where he sort of breaks and yells at them, and this... This does not go over well with the trees, and it seems to get worse after that. And it takes longer than Mary thought it should to get to the clearing, but they do eventually go on, and they see the blue sky, and it cheers them up, so they feel that they can continue on in this forest. Yay. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's it. We're going to repeat versions of this for the next 10 yeah, minutes. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. As they walk on, the trees continue to close in on around them and this time Frodo tries to sing a song to cheer everyone up but it's kind of about that forests have ends and that they can't last forever so it really just makes things worse and the trees get more upset and uh like, the path <laughs> really i would start immediately writing a song that's like nice trees friendly trees you're my friend yeah right <laughs> yeah come on hobbits Fire bad, tree pretty, obviously. <laughs> like, at least if, if Bilbo could compliment a dragon, you can compliment a tree, Frodo. Agreed. They do, however, notice that the path that they're on leads to a grassy hilltop in which there seems that that, that goes above the trees. So they hurry for that because they want to get above the trees. And eventually they do. And the hill allows Mary to sort of reorient himself. And um, he points out where the Withywindle, uh, that's weird to say out loud, the Withywindle River that leads to the Barrow Downs is and says, you know, they do not want to go that way. Barrow Downs are bad news. Three guesses where they go. (laughs) But they use that as a marker to sort of plot a path northward towards the opposite edge of the forest. Once they go back into the trees, though, the trees once again close in on about them and force the hobbits to keep going east no matter how hard they try to keep north eventually they lose all track of where they are until they do indeed come out on the banks of the withywindle um the exact direction they had not wanted to go 
And it was okay. I will say this was super creepy. The bit where the reason they got herded there was because of like the deep tracks of something or whether the trees had dug them out and they're like literally stuck in a pit and forced to go there. Yeah. The trees in general were something out of a horror novel. Maybe it's just the concept of being herded really, really freaks me out, but ugh. The forest is definitely very menacing, and despite their brief glimpses of blue sky, it's always like hot and dark and bugs. So once they come out on the river, Mary's like, well, I guess we're going east, but there has to be an edge of the forest east also. It's not a forever forest, so let's just do that. Um... But they don't know how far that's going to take them, uh, so it's it's not ideal. But they start out. And I guess, I think there's a path beside the river also that they can take that um, everybody's kind of like, who or what made this path? That seems fishy. Um, eventually, uh, along this path, they cro- um, along this path, they cross the path. Nice, Caitlin. <laughs> eventually, they come across a large willow tree on this path. And as the hobbits are getting eaten alive by fleas and are hot and tired, they sort of decide to take a bit of a rest by the willow, and it makes them feel more tired. And Pippin and Mary basically just fall down against the tree asleep. Um, Frodo thinks this is a bad idea, but eventually he and Sam sit down as well near the tree and kind of start drifting off to sleep. But then Frodo is overcome with a need for cold water and to put his feet in the river. So he moves. So he's sitting on one of the willow's roots that go out over the water and drifts off to sleep there. Because comfy. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's some powerful sleep drug. Yeah. Uh, Sam has a moment of clarity and goes to get two of the ponies that walked off. And just as he does, he hears a loud splash and a quiet snick noise. And he comes back to the tree to see that Frodo has fallen into the water and the roots are holding him under it, and the tree seems to have closed about Merry and Pippin and trapped them inside. So Night Sam quick bears. Yeah. Yeah. Who put Bella in the witch elm? <laughs> uh, so Sam gets Frodo out and they both try to figure out how to get their friends out of the tree. Sam tries to burn them out, but this makes the whole situation yeah, worse. What the heck, and- Sam? It seems like, seems like the tree is somehow communicating to those inside to get them to stop Sam from burning. Like, I assume it's squishing them, and it's just terrifying. Like, it's not written terrifying, but it is terrifying. It is terrifying. Any imagination at all, and it's a nightmare. Yeah. So, Frodo does the only intelligent thing and runs back to the path and starts yelling for help. Sure, sure. <laughs> not Deserted really forest expect- yelling for help? Not really expecting an answer, as... You know, like they don't know of anybody who comes down this far into the forest. But um, much to his surprise, he does hear some nonsensical singing from far off, which, he, as Frodo keeps yelling, the singing draws nearer, and it turns out to be this dude in a blue coat with a long beard, whose name is Tom Bombadil. And Tom knows exactly what to do after Frodo explains the situation to him. He goes over to the tree and basically sings it to sleep. Maybe he hits it with a branch a couple times, and suddenly the hobbits are loose, and everyone is in their right minds again. And it's very odd that Tom has this immediate power over Malevolent Tree. Afterwards, Tom invites the hobbits back to his house, 
and bounds away down the path, not waiting for them. But he sings so that the uh, hobbits can follow his song. And that's the whole chapter. That's it. Tom Bombadil is pretty creepy. This might end up being our shortest episode ever. (laughs) I I think it might be. Um, Yeah, no, I... This is something that definitely the first time I read it, I was just like, this is weird. And then the more and more meta I've read about Tom Bombadil on the internet, I've just been like, what, what are you? Yeah, it's it's weird. We're going to get into discussion about who and what Tom Bombadil is next time. So if um, listeners out there want to send in their thoughts and theories, please do. Um, because the hobbits themselves kind of ask that question next time, so it's a better place to ask discuss it. But as we see here, he kind of shows up when he's needed and does magic-y things, or at least seems to have some sort of power over the trees. And Deus ex bombadil. Not not <laughs> like a nice little sapling tree. Yeah, no, an evil malevolent willow that is quite large. I've never looked at willows the same way. Since, you know, I was nine. We don't have willow trees here, so. There was one in this one house uh, in their yard by my neighborhood. And every Mm. time I drive by it, I still think of Tom Bombadil getting eaten by trees. Yeah, pretty horrifying. There were big willow trees by like a river where I grew up. But I literally read this two weeks before we moved here where willow trees don't exist. So that was fine. It was good timing. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, not really. There's not yeah. much happens here. I, I guess like if we're talking about favorite lines and that sort of thing, I did really like Frodo's song. Mm-hmm. It was nice. Um, yeah. And I oh, you know what I did like? You know, uh, seeing Mary be a competent Hobbit. Yep. Because you can tell, like they go in, he's got the knowledge. Like obviously the trees are against them, so his knowledge doesn't count for much, unfortunately. But it's nice seeing him like know what what he's doing and being the mm-hmm. one that the other hobbits are looking to. He's a good leader in this chapter. And you don't get any of that really in the movies. Mm-hmm. So, that's nice. Um I'm just going to read a bit of Frodo's song here that I like. Yeah. Which goes, "O wanderers in the shadowed land, despair not, for though dark they stand, all woods there must be, nope. All woods there be must end at last, and see the open sun go past, the setting sun, the rising sun, the day's end, or the day begun. For east or west, all woods must fail. I mean, not the best song to sing when you're in the middle of some sentient trees, but <laughs> but a good song. A, a good song. Needed to raise the stakes of this chapter. How can we do it? I know. We'll sing a song. Oh. Yep. I liked... Um, the description when they come to the river Withywindle, mm-hmm. that because it wasn't just the one willow, they were like everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought it was like a really good line that just sort of describes how like overwhelming it is with these willows. Which then, knowing what comes, I was like, oh gosh, because it's um, but it uh, in the midst of the sunshine, they're they're wound. Uh, there wound lazily a dark river of brown water, bordered with ancient willows, arched over with willows, blocked with fallen willows, and flecked with thousands of faded willow leaves. The air was thick with them, fluttering yellow from the branches. Yeah, creepy. So it's just like, it, it just 
the endless description of the willows just sort of covering everything and obviously willows being with the hanging leaf things <laughs> what you know what i mean i think How you're looking are. for vines maybe well they're like branches but, but they're vine like yeah okay, they're vine like okay, okay. branches yes okay um with how they hang they are an oppressive tree mm-hmm. i mean they're beautiful but if you think about them attacking you it's like oh nice like stately oak trees are going up to the sky but like holy cow if these are gonna smother everywhere you. yeah this chapter yeah. was very green that's really all i can say everything about it made me picture just lush greenery and the smell of moss i don't know I do like how uh, Tolkien is very pro-nature, but then writes things like this, where nature is really out to get you. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like, go out into nature, have a good time, save our trees, but they are trying to kill you. Nobody's Mm -hmm. perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I also love the idea that there's this dude walking down a path, singing a song, to scared out of their mind much shorter people come crying running up to him screaming help and then he's like whoa 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 don't crush my lilies (laughs) yep which is almost the first thing he says to them (laughs) yeah i don't know like hobbits don't go in that often but is he used to this like as i was thinking about the logistics of getting herded like is is it the trees actually just herding and so because that's where they go that's where tom sets up is it coincidence is it actually Tom Bombadil's influence bringing the hobbits to him? I always thought it was the willow. Um, right, so it's like the trees going, but that's like, so does Tom just know that the trees try to get people here? And that's why he lives nearby, or? That I don't know, but I assumed, like, the path beside the river was made by mm-hmm. him, is what I assumed. And the trees herded them there because the old willow wanted to eat them. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of happened because it's a story to be in the same place. (laughs) Yeah. Is it just coincidence or? Well, I guess it also does make sense if you're going to build a home to have it near the water. That's fair. And also the willows, at least in my memory, usually grow near water. Maybe not. The ones in my childhood did. Mm -hmm. It's just a heck of a forest. Um, Also, as I was reading, I caught myself in one point like thinking about how terrified i would be and then remembering that these the hobbits are like three feet tall and how extra overwhelming yeah it's kind of a nice thought of like going beneath the branches of a willow tree and having a a nice nap on a summer's day except Mm -hmm. no now it is horrific (laughs) nope (laughs) never (laughs) Tolkien has ruined it for me forever oh i'm reading the song Tom Bombadil sings at the end now, mm-hmm. which um, I was listening to it earlier. <laughs> so the line, heed no hoary willow, I was a little bit confused about. <laughs> but now that, I see, tree. <laughs> now that I see it written and the spelling, I'm like, ah, gotcha. Makes way more sense. Yeah. So I was like, I don't think Tom would insult trees that way. <laughs> the hoary willow tree. <laughs> Rachel, you mm-hmm. at the beginning said imply that the river was referred to as being female. Where do you see that? It's the no 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 no. Um, it's the river daughter, but it's also at some point it's the river woman's daughter. Because I looked it up to make sure I got it right. There we go. Um, in his first song when he's yeah, just walking, it's okay. um, 
Da-da-da, waiting on the doorstep oh, yes. River for the starlight. There okay. my pretty lady is, River Woman's daughter. Okay, mm. perfect. I missed that in my listening. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's like the daughter of a female river. Presumably the Withy Winnow. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Which I suppose would also be why he sets up shop beside the river. Yes. All sorts of weird magic things coming out of this river. I mean, there's precedent for river beings, but... There is. I honestly thought you were going to make a Monty Python joke there and say there's precedent for ladies coming out of water and... Distributing swords. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think there's much else to say about this very short chapter. It didn't feel that short when we were reading it. Like, stuff happened. It just turns out not that much stuff. Yeah, it was all kind of... It can again, be summed up. <laughs> yeah, it can be. And it, similarly, but in different ways to the previous chapters, a lot of it is just about building tension. Mm-hmm. Though this tension is not plot related no so you can see why it's been cut out of every single adaptation ever yeah yeah i guess god i got nothing else i'm like looking at this this book going can i come up with anything yeah god this is gonna be a 15 minute episode (laughs) i'm so sorry everyone it happens i guess i mean but yes please uh send us your thoughts and theories on Tom Bombadil and or if if you've read anything interesting about him. The weirder the better. I mean I think I've read all the theories today. <laughs> like literally I think I went to some that something that was like here is everything that people think he might be. Let's talk about them all. But I, I just I, peeked at it and I was like let's wait oh, because no. that's it. I was like next week we're gonna get into it. Oh, no, I read it all. And then after that, decided that we should probably save this conversation for next week. (laughs) Of course, like, like, the next chapter is, like, seven pages. Okay, great. We'll have a really long conversation about Tom Bombadil. Yep, pretty much. Okay, it's ten. But, yep, lots of Tom Bombadil talk. Yeah, so I guess that's it. Short episode, but I guess everybody's got a busy December. So probably... A good thing that it's so mm-hmm. short. Alrighty, so that was our quick intro to the forest and Tom Bombadil. And once again, send us your thoughts on what the fuck you think Tom is. Uh, join us next week for chapter seven, which is in the house of Tom Bombadil. Maybe we'll learn more. Maybe we won't. Spoilers, not really. <laughs> <laughs> and um, if con- ta- to send us your theories on Twitter, uh, we are at to read Tolkien, or email us at want to read Tolkien at gmail.com. Please leave us reviews on iTunes or Google or Spotify or your podcast listening device, not device, program of choice. And I think that's it for our shortest episode ever. Woohoo! <laughs> I've been Caitlin. I've been Rachel. And I've been Emmy. And we will talk to you all next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Symbolic. I love that. I mean, like, where did Mary get this key? Is it just because he's, you know, <laughs> oh, some brandy buck? Who's like, making the they- weird noise? Sorry, that's me.
Okay, then stop talking until yeah. you're done making the Sorry. weird noise. <laughs> um, I keep meaning to stop talking while I get into my Oreos, and then I don't. Um, 